0: This is the Art of Play podcast. Here we talk about the research of fun, talk to people who are contagiously playful, and invite you to find creative ways to stay curious in developing your best human self. Happy Friday. I'm so happy that we could be here today. Um, Happy summer. We are to the summer solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, so we are entering officially the summer season, and uh, here in Utah, we are experiencing record-breaking heat, so that's new and exciting for June. Um, I am hosting my family reunion, just my siblings and my mom, um, this, this coming weekend, and it's been really exciting to kind of Prep and plan. I'm the I'm the coordinator for this year. I'm one of eight kids, so we all take our take our turns planning. And this is the first time it has passed to me, which is a little exciting in um, trying to plan it after 2020. It's been interesting to say the least, but at the same time, it's been really fun to sort of. Um, maybe put together a plan to orchestrate getting to know each other better and reconnecting with nieces and nephews and all of that exciting things. So I hope that in your life you have people that you're connecting with and that you're planning summer plans with and that there are people that are good that are surrounding you. So. That's sort of my send-off into summer. Today we are a little off track. Normally we would be having our interview, um, but the interview isn't quite ready yet. That'll be next week. This week, though, I really wanted to touch on a book. So remember that the theme for June is fun, which is appropriate not only for summer, but just in general adult life. It's good to remember to have some fun. And this book is by Greg Baer and Ryan Razowski Razowski? I think it's Razowski and um, it is a brand new book, just barely got released, but I picked it up at the library and I am going to definitely order a copy, but it's called When You Wonder, You're Learning, and it's specifically about Mr. Rogers, Mr. Fred Rogers, and his TV show, and what that meant for raising a generation of people meant um, meant to look out for curiosity and creativity. So I definitely grew up on the PBS Kids, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, all the things Fred Rogers. I even would switch, you know, I would lay out my sweater and my shoes so that when Mr. Rogers came on, we would run into our little, we, we just had a t- little tiny... TV and it was black and white. I know I I actually am not of the generation that um, black and white was typical, but my parents didn't think that we needed anything bigger or anything, you know, in color. So we watched Mr. Rogers on a little tiny 11-inch screen, which is smaller than my current laptop, I'll have you know, and we would run in I had my younger brother and our cousin who was right in between our ages. So there would be the three of us and we would run in and we would take our shoes off and we would, or we would switch our shoes sometimes or put on a sweater and sit and watch Mr. Rogers. It was the best part of the day because, um, as children, my children's age will not, will not understand. You had to wait for your show to come on at a specific time of day and then if you missed it. You just missed it. You just missed your show. So we were very excited to not miss our show. It was like at 10.30 or something in the morning or 11. Anyway, it was so much fun. And as I've grown up, I have kind of missed the influence of Fred Rogers in my life. Not because I'm uh, wanting the childish influence, but because he was always an influence for pure curiosity but also for just letting people be them. So this specific book has been fascinating to read, mostly because what they highlight about Fred Rogers is how hard he worked behind the scenes to not let the behind the scenes show in his show. And one of the, I again, I took notes in the book on post-its note. This is a library copy, so I was very nice to it. And it is a brand new copy. I think I'm the first one to check it out. So I was trying to be very respectful of those who follow me. I did not mark up the book, but I did put little post-its in here. Um, And one thing I really loved that these authors did is they let Fred's wife write the, um, the foreword. Okay, so Joanne Rogers wrote the foreword for this book about her husband. And it is endearing and beautiful all at the same time. So then in the introduction, one quote that I wanted to read to you because it just sort of encompasses what Fred Rogers did so magically. And he happened to do it so magically that even adults were drawn in by his just pure, genuine love of other people. So, uh, okay. In the introduction, it says, Like all great teachers, Rogers used what he knew to captivate and even enchant his students. He blended the neighborhood science so seamlessly with its art that it's all but invisible now. What looked like an inexpensive costume is instead a perfect conduit for curiosity. A strange-sounding song lyric sends a message of self-acceptance. Rogers based every story, every song, every script on what had been proven to benefit children. If anything, he was almost too good at hiding the science behind the show, and today his legacy as a scholar has largely been forgotten. So I wanted to highlight that about Fred Rogers simply because... I think when people bring up Fred Rogers, it's dismissed as being just for kids or dismissed as being, oh you're not really serious about this subject matter because Fred Rogers is is for ch- for children. But at the same time, how much pressure was put on Fred Rogers to come out and make a statement after 9/11? There was so much guidance given in such a calming way from Fred Rogers that intuitively, we sought his solace. We sought his comforting in times of need. And even as adults, there is this reference back to the purity of his ingenuity in in sort of tying not just the science, but also the effectiveness together. So he, he tied the things that he knew worked. He interviewed scholars and teachers and caregivers and therapists and he wanted to make the absolute best production for children that would benefit them every single day and I mean he is famous for his ability to continually come up with content and continually come up with scripts and writing that would engage but also teach and give permission for kids to build those blocks in their lives that then translated to the adult learning this is a whole generation of kids who are now adults who have be- who were taught how to seek out the things that made them curious and to push for the things in in life that would actually pique their not just their curiosity but you know the enjoyment of life and the and the magic so the book goes through, the, the chapters, there's only six chapters and it's significantly, I mean it's not a significant book, it's under 300 pages, um, but the chapters are kind of lengthy um, so I'm not going to read too much out of them and I don't want to go too long today because it's summer and it's it's just a time for you know soaking up the sun and enjoying whatever leisure time you've got. So the the chapters work through um, like curiosity and creativity, which obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast, they're right up my alley. Um, But again, the title of the book is When You Wonder, You're Learning. And I truly believe that does not just apply to children. When we wonder about things, we live in a world where we can look up the answer, right? We can wonder and then we learn. We wonder and then we seek an answer. We wonder and then we seek a solution. And so when you're wondering, you are learning. You're learning new steps. You're learning new creative pathways. You're creating new opportunities for yourself. So when you wonder, it begins a catalyst in your life for better things. So that's chapter one. And that's all about curiosity. Um, I'm going to skip that one only because I think that... It, it kind of comes down to, uh, that's not what I want to touch on, is what that comes down to. <laughs> um, that, so then chapter two is mud pies and block buildings. And this one goes into how, how Fred Rogers happened to present content in such, it's almost casual it's almost as though this whole orchestrated episode was just like, Oh, and you know, if you've wondered about the pencil on my desk, or if you've wondered about if you wonder about how a shoelace is made, right? It was this almost casual uh, introduction into wondering about the common or the mundane or the everyday. And that ignited a certain amount of curiosity, yes, but also the creativity to look around you and find a simple answer and have that be enough, but also have that maybe be something that you could dive deeper into. And the advantage of that is that there's an entire generation who have not forgotten how to wonder. And what makes me a little sad, by the end of the book, the authors are talking about how the ch- children these days spend several hours in front of screens. And the average number is something outrageous, like seven, I think they say in the, in the book, which is, you know, almost a full 30% of their day is spent in front of a piece of glass um, watching, right? They're, they're just watching... Other people live lives. And that does not create a sense of um, initiative in wondering. Now, what I love about this book is that it sort of gently steers us towards reigniting the wonder. Now, it's it's geared as a parenting book. I'm not going to lie. Because even the front says, Enduring Lessons for Raising Creative, Curious, Caring Kids. It's a parenting book right? They have marketed it this way. However, if you are, if you are an adult who would like to rework some creative elements or to just keep that creativity flowing in your life, this is a fantastic book. I'm not gonna, I am parenting. I will use this on my children, but I'm also going to use it on myself and I'm going to slip it in to, you know, the little wifely remarks to Jared to say like, hey, maybe this is, this is probably a really good reignition for the, for the weekend. Let's, let's get your brain reworked. Um, so they point out in this, in chapter two, they talk about music and the art and the poetry and pottery and things that Fred Rogers just, right, was like, Hey, look, there's a painting on the wall. Let's figure out how they painted that. Or, hey, look, there's, you know, there's my friend who makes pottery. Should we go to her workshop and see how she makes her pottery? All of those things were just, just kind of like a step into, hey, if you're curious about something, ask about it. Or or find somebody who's interested in that. Or find somebody who's made that their life's work and and figure that out. And they go into how Fred Rogers um, was born during during the Great Depression, right before the Great Depression. So he lived his youngest years um, in the Great Depression. And his family um, wasn't, let's see, how do I put this? <laughs> he was... His family was fine during the Great Depression. He weren't. He would. He wasn't really. Um, they weren't struggling. Right. The world around them was massively struggling, but he wasn't like the hungry kid. Um, <clears throat> but he also understood. He was taught the principles of making and taking care of the things that were important to you so the, there's a section in here in chapter 2 that's titled better to make a cape than buy a costume and it goes just it goes through the creative process of instead of just going to the quick solution the process of learning how to create that is a much better understanding and it's a fuller experience of expanding that creativity. Now, I am an am- avid Amazon shopper, so I'm not going to say that this is for good for everything. I'm not going to plan on making my children's clothes after this. However, it talks about the creative process of making your own toy becomes the act of playing even though as an adult we would see that as work the child is considering that the same as play you know coloring a picture or building a fort or all of these things that work quote-unquote work looks like play to them and I talked about this two weeks ago in the fact that I feel like we play as kids and that's considered our work but that as adults we need to think of our work more like our play we need to enjoy it and find find ways and reasons to enjoy what you do so um they talk about the decline of play and how the pediatric association has noted that children no longer know how to self-entertain as much. And so parents must be the guides in this play. Like you are asked to play with your child to show them how to play. One of the most fundamental parts of being a child, just being curious and playing with things has been sort of removed from society. So it goes through that. But I also want to point out that that is applicable to adults just as much as kids. How many people can stand in a line and not pull out their phone and look at it? How many people can wait at a restaurant and not go to their phone to check social media or their messages or their email? How many people sitting in a doctor's office, right? There's there's hardly any magazines anymore in doctor's offices because nobody looks at them, plus COVID, but nobody looks at the you know, reading the the juicy celebrity magazines in the doctor's office anymore, because why would they pay for a subscription when everybody pays for a phone subscription that brings the internet to their phone, and they can look up whatever they want. They can look up whatever they so desire about whatever celebrity. So there's this need to be entertained instead of being curious. And this... Book lays out some really great building blocks. This chapter two, I was taking notes like crazy. So I will say no more about that. We'll move on. Okay. Then chapter three talks about communication, which is essential. And I really, I loved this chapter, but I think, um, communication is a down the road sort of topic that we're going to talk about. So we're going to leave that there, but then chapter four, um, is called appreciation is a holy thing. Now if you don't know anything about Fred Rogers, he did um, study at a semin- seminary. He planned to um, have a ministry. In fact he had a ministry for a little while um, and was you know pursuing that path and decided that the calling to children to be able to help support, the children in this world that maybe didn't have a, and a, a, a caregiver that could be right there at, every, at their elbow at every single turn, he decided to make that a profession. And uh, it, it talks about just appreciating the little things. Absolutely appreciate the big things, but appreciating the little things makes them makes you revere the little things and you're like, like what, like what a blessing that we have power that we can just turn on lights at night. So we can see to read or have other activities or what an appreciate the the appreciation just of the simple things makes life makes our reverence for life just that much more um, exponential and it, I mean, it talks about a lot of how this applies to kids, but it talks about then your appreciation begins to grow for the uniqueness of the individuals around you. So the appreciation for the little things of life make you start recognizing the unique influences of those that surround you. So maybe it is your children, maybe it is your Parents, but it also means that you are cashier at the grocery store or the attendant at the car wash or the high school kid that mows your lawn all of those things you have you start being attuned to those smaller appreciations and we all know that gratitude makes life better right okay appreciation is a holy thing that's that chapter was really long but it was worth every word I'm telling you, get this book, read it, I loved it, all the things. Um, then chapter five is, it's you who have to try it, and it's you who have to fall sometimes. Now, if that title doesn't tell you this book is about Fred Rogers, I don't know what it is, but it's just about learning and growing, so we're going to skip it just c- because it's really great, trust me, but we're not, I'm not going to belabor the fact that this is a good idea. Um, And then finally, chapter six is Such a Good Feeling. So I love that they ended on Such a Good Feeling because that's the first line of the closing, you know, credits of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Such a good feeling to know you're alive. Love that man. Um, And in this chapter specifically, they talk about how how hard it is for adults <laughs> to have fun because having fun is for time off having fun needs to come later having fun isn't the serious work of life right now and that's for later and it it just sort of enlightens the mind on the fact that we enjoy life less than we can almost in every case so we like to connect we like to belong we like to look like the normal adult we like to look like the responsible adult and most of those things don't necessarily aren't synonymous with having fun and they this book is so new that it's able to cite you know, being cut off from others during the pandemic, during government shutdowns and all of that stuff. It is, it talks about the good feeling of belonging and how exclusive feelings like exclusion really genuinely hurts people mentally. And, you know, it. I mean, it goes into like bullying and, not belonging and feeling like an outcast and being separate. You know, the, the pandemic was really good at separating people from other people and for good reason. But at the same time, we felt that separation as a species. And this chapter goes into ha- not just how children need to fill that acceptance and that belonging, but that we as an adult are driven that way and how to make that a part of your life, and how to make it a really good feeling. They go into all sorts of topics like who is my neighbor, and life is for service, and serving others gives you connection and, and draws you in um, into the worlds of other people. And one of the paragraphs... I'm just going to read because they say it better than I could. So, the outbreak of COVID 19 was a case study in what can happen when human connections are severed. Parents found themselves largely on their own, coping with financial fallout, childcare concerns, and the health of their families. Educators, for the first time, had to rely almost entirely on digital tools, tools that many of their students couldn't afford or acquire. Kids themselves lost the very connections that helped them define and develop themselves as human beings, connections with friends, peers, and the people beyond their homes. It takes a village to raise a child, but what happens when the villagers stay home? So I thought this was really pertinent in talking about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because all of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, even the puppets, all rely on each other. The roles they play are supported by the supporting cast of the other puppets, And it goes to show that we are right now in the, we have this chance to rebuild our connections and rebuild our timing and rebuild the ways in which we interact and make those better. We can make people not feel excluded. We can make people feel like they belong. We can find the groups in which we truly belong. All of these things are opening up to us at this pointed time right now in history and I want you to wonder. I want you to take the title of this book when you wonder you're learning. I want you to learn something about yourself put yourself out there and find one way that you can expand your group, expand your horizons and let Fred Rogers lead you in the fact that being kind gets you a long way gets you a long way and appreciation of the little things that make people human is a really great opportunity to see them as closer, closer humans. So anyway, we've gone 26 minutes. I said it was going to be fast. Um, it wasn't as fast as I was thinking, but I'm so glad that you were here today. I'm extremely glad that we could, um, that you're here listening and, um, I hope that you will go look up this book. So here's just a little reminder to play good, think good, and do good because a little from everyone is all we need we